Thank you for listening to the new norm. I'm Frank Caramano. It's like the Eagles knew. They knew I record on Thursdays. So what they decided to do was give me the biggest story of the year so far and allow me to talk about the new head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles, Nick Sirianni. So, wow. So it looks like, you know, a lot of things happened since last Thursday. Um, I was prepared to go into... Big detail here, uh, an article Paul Domowicz wrote, you know, that was posted this morning about the entire coaching search right now. And, you know, I had a lot of things to talk about, a lot of people they talked to, what they were thinking, what the the preferences of Howie Roseman. And here we are. The Eagles decided to hire Nick Sirianni after he had an impressive interview. I've heard the report out there that it was a two-day interview. I've heard that's false. It was just a one-day interview. But I heard Sirianni was really impressive. They were impressed with his coaching staff candidates. and, And we'll talk a little bit about that as well. But I guess he blew them away. And I, I feel like it's coming out a little bit that it may have just come down to Sirianni, McDaniels, and, and Staley. But the thing is this. That's who it came down to. But the Eagles weren't going to stop interviewing. I mean, like, they had lined up interview after interview after interview and ended up being about 17 people, I believe, that they interviewed for this job. And why did they interview 17 people? Well, here's the thing that came out from the Domowich article was that last Monday when they fired Doug Peterson, their first call was to Lincoln Riley, which I had said. And, and again, that was pretty well reported. I mean, I don't think that they were hiding that. But they offered him that job. Now, a lot of people are thinking, oh, they offered him without an interview. There's no way. There's just no way they offered him without an interview. My guess is this. If you wanted my real guess on what happened with Lincoln Riley and the Philadelphia Eagles, because there's just 0.0% chance that they would offer this job to him without an interview. That makes no sense. Even if that's the guy you want, you still want to talk to him. You still want to hear who he's going to bring in. You still want to hear what his ideas are. This is a college coach. It's not like he's some czar. It's not like he's Bill Belichick. It's not like he's Andy Reid. It's not like, you know what I mean, a guy with NFL experience or something like that. This is a college coach. And again, by the way, when I say Belichick, I'm just using him in reference to the success he's had. I would never want him. He's a cheater. So, And that ties into the guy that we were going to talk to as well. And we'll we'll talk about him. But regardless, I believe that what happened was Doug had his exit interview. It did not go the way the Eagles wanted. I believe they had been communicating with Lincoln Riley as reported. They talked to him about drafts, uh, you know, Hertz and Jalen Rager. I believe that Lincoln Riley had given them the impression he was interested in this job. I really do. And I believe that maybe Lincoln Riley had led the Eagles on to saying that, you know, if that job became available, it'd be something I would do. Because, come on, they they're, they pretty much offered him the job on Monday. Now, again, they weren't going to hire him Monday night last week. That that was impossible. They would have had to conduct their interviews because, again, there, there is obviously rules in place with the NFL and good rules, like the Rooney Rule, where, you know, you got to interview a minority candidate. And, and, and still, that's the way it should be. Even if you have somebody in mind, you do this. You go through the process because, again, things happen in interviews. You know what I mean? People impress you. They come out of nowhere. And... I guess Riley told him no. And when he told them no, they had a pivot. And this was their pivot. They interviewed everybody under the sun. Now again, listen, I know everybody thinks this is an abject failure. Nobody knows what Nick Sirianni is as a coach. I, I mean, come on. People getting mad out there that, you know, it wasn't Deuce Staley. 
people getting mad that it wasn't Josh McDaniels, which, by the way, if you're mad that it wasn't McDaniels, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, please. That's the one where I could have sat down and said to you, hell no. Nothing about me wanted Josh McDaniels to be this coach. And again, at first it was intriguing. You look into it more and more. You read the reports. And that's what I had read all week about was Josh McDaniels this, Josh McDaniels that. And my God, listen. He's the, the thing with him is the number one thing. He sucked in Denver so bad that the players hated him and got him fired. Number, and people got mad that they're trying to blame him for the Tim Tebow thing. Whatever. Hey, Tebow won a playoff game at the very least. But regardless, um, you know, he, he never had success with Jay Cutler. He didn't have success with Kyle Orton, Sam Bradford when he was in St. Louis. He had success with Tom Brady and Bell Belichick and, and their cheating ways up there. But regardless, he had success with Tom Brady. That's like anybody could have been in that position and had success. You know what I mean? So he comes down here. He's not liked. I guess the the Eagles had put reports out getting feelers around the league and nobody likes him. He's just unliked for some. And again, that's just it. That's who he is. And and I did not want Josh McDaniels to be the team coach. I really did not. There's nothing about New England's offense that blows me away, that they're doing stuff that's, you know, this ingenious style that, you know, nobody else can do. And he's some innovator and all this stuff. Please, no. I was very happy that it's not him. Now, Nick Sirianni, I don't know. Again, I know he's well-liked. He's respected. They they got it. They did their intel on him, and it came back good. And I'm, I'm assuming his coaching staff is really good. But to be honest, it was Lincoln Riley. That's who the Eagles wanted. And then in this article, as I'm going to reference here, I'm going to go over a couple things with it because it also detailed something else that, that came out that we didn't really know was that Deuce Staley was offered the offensive coordinator job in 2018, and he said no. This was the year, you know, the the guy who replaced Frank Reich was uh, Mike Rowe. And it wasn't offered to Mike Rowe. It was offered to Deuce Staley, and he said no because he wasn't going to call plays. Now, I know a lot of people out there are going, well, if Deuce is such a great coach, why hasn't he gotten any interviews? Well, you know what I would tell you? Uh, There's a lot of coaches in this league that are great coaches that don't get interviews for some reason. It, it, It is what it is. I mean, nobody's lining up. Did any other running backs coaches get head coaching interviews this offseason? It's just how it is. I mean, people want offensive coordinators. And, you know, Deuce thought if he's going to be an offensive coordinator, he wants to be an offensive coordinator. And I completely understand that. And he was in good standing with the Eagles. He's still in good standing with the Eagles. Trust me, if he wants to be an Eagles coach, they're not letting Deuce Staley go. They do have respect and belief in Deuce Staley. But... This thing came down to offense, and and I know the report is going to be out there that it came down to Carson Wentz. And let me tell you this right now. Let's get this straight up and right out in front. If the Eagles hired Nick Sirianni strictly to fix Carson Wentz, then guess what? That is one of the most disgusting things I've ever heard. It really is. It's it's flat-out embarrassing, and it's bullshit. Because let me tell you this. If you hire a coach to fix one player over the needs of the other 52 I mean, really, what are we doing here? What the freak are we doing here? Seriously, what are we doing here? To fix Carson Wentz? Let me tell you this, spoiler, Carson Wentz is not fixable. Anybody who knows, listens to my rants, I mean, I've ranted on Carson Wentz so much, I can't stomach to talk about him anymore. He's unfixable. He's 28 years old. His athleticism is shot. His arm is shit. He can't throw accurately. He stinks. He's horrible. My guess is this, that the Eagles are asking about fixing Carson Wentz. You want to know why? This isn't being talked about enough. Who wants him? Tell me, who wants Carson Wentz? What team in the NFL wants Carson Wentz? Really, he stinks. 
He's paying, being paid $30 million a year. Even if everything lines up for him next year, right? Even if everything lines up and he has a comeback year and all this stuff, he's just above average. It's over. His athleticism is shot. It is. I mean, really, we were fooled last year in the last four games. Like I said, I will continue to say that. It fooled me. I made a crucial mistake in judgment because I wanted to believe in Carson Wentz. I really did. And I had a checklist and he was checking those boxes at the end of the year. But what I didn't put together was that he was doing it against the absolute dirt worst teams in the NFL. And again, that plays a factor. I'm sorry it does. And then this year, it fell off the table. And guess what? Carson Wentz is not liked in the Eagles locker room. That's a fact. All these stories that come out, the Jeff McClain story that came out, you know, over the weekend about, you know, how Carson Wentz is is killing plays at the line of scrimmage. Like, think about this. That's the number one thing in that article that I got was Doug Peterson would send plays in and Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz would kill the plays to something that wouldn't work out of spite. And people want that guy to be the quarterback. You want somebody who would undermine what the offensive coordinator is calling in the head coach, and just just to spite the coach because you don't like him? He he was uncoachable. I, I mean, everything in that McLean article is stuff I've been telling you guys for, for the last, you know, what, <laughs> three months? He, he didn't take well to coaching. You know what I mean? Mike Groh came in, and Mike Groh was picking his battles with Carson Wentz because he knew, hey, this, that, and the other. And then the article labels that, you know, Press Taylor was was telling him things that, you know, hey, this was the play. Uh, for instance, if a play came out and there was somebody open, he goes, Carson, that's where the ball was supposed to go. Why didn't you throw it here? He would come up with some bullshit excuse saying, you know, hey, the offensive line failed, or I didn't see the read, or, you know, I didn't think it was there, blah, 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 just making excuses. And I guess Press Taylor would never hold his head to the fire on it. That's what happened. They let him off the hook. And then when he was benched, you know, he went to to Roseman and, and Lurie complaining like like a crybaby. I'm like, dude, you were benched? You, you thought you shouldn't have been benched? You absolutely suck. You suck at football. Hell, the offense. Now, again, they and he listed in the article that an offensive lineman went to Andy or went to Andy Reid. Wow. Went to Doug Peterson after the bye week. This was after the Cowboys game, which was one of the worst performances I've ever seen a quarterback have. He went to Doug Peterson and said, you got to take the quarterback out. Now, they didn't name the lineman, but let's just put, you know, <laughs> put our thinking caps on here. Let's think about it. Do you guys think Nate Herbig was going there? No. Do you think it was, you know, Isaac Simala wasn't even playing at that time. Do you think it was, you know, Jordan Mailata? No. Matt Pryor? No. It wasn't those guys. So, really, it comes down to three guys, right? It was either Jason Peters, Jason Kelsey, or Lane Johnson. And, you know, what? again, I don't know this. I don't know this at all. I don't believe it was Jason Kelsey. Um, I, I, I do believe, my guess would be it was Lane Johnson. And again, who cares? They're right. Whoever went to him was absolutely right. He was killing this team. And the team knew it. And this was the reports in the locker room. Carson Wentz believes he is above coaches. He does. He believes the coaches work for him. Think about that. That was in the article as well, that the coaches work for Carson Wentz. This guy on, what planet is he on? What planet is this guy on? Here's the thing. I understand the whole type A personality. You got to be a type A Tom Brady takes to coaching. That's the difference. You could be a hard ass all you want, but at the end of the day, when push comes to shove, you listen to your coaches. They're there. Their job is to make you better. And if you're undermining them, like killing plays at the line of scrimmage, and people actually still want this guy on the team, 
I don't want him in the league. I can't stomach him. I don't ever want to see him play football again. And it's just coming more and more apparent that we're going to have to watch Carson Wentz play football next year. And it makes me freaking absolutely batshit mad because I can't take him anymore. I don't want to watch him play. He's terrible. And, and, and I get it that in this article as well, I mean, that the whole Roseman's obsessed with Carson Guys, we all know Roseman's obsessed with Carson Wentz. I mean, come on. This isn't like breaking news, right? We all know this. <laughs> it is what it is. He's drafting. He's he's putting input in drafting players. I'm like, bro, I want input on how you're actually going to be competent at that position. But now Nick Sirianni, if they can't trade him, and again, that's the thing. They can't trade him. They can't trade him. That's why this is all happening. That's why this whole fixing Carson Wentz thing is coming. I guarantee you this. If you went around, like I said, tell me the team. Tell me the team that wants Carson Wentz. Seriously, I just want one team. I, I need to hear it. You think it's the Indianapolis Colts? What, the team that just, you know, Frank Reich talked up their offensive coordinator? I heard they didn't want him. I don't blame them. Hell no, I wouldn't want him. Oh, Philip Rivers retired. They have a job opening now. So? <laughs> we'll go get a cheaper quarterback who could do way better than him, which is a lock, by the way, or draft one. That's what they're going to do. They're not a stupid team. That's what happened here. So here we are. Here we are. Nick Sirianni, the head coach. And again, I get it. Oh, he wasn't interviewed by teams. So that means he's a... T Listen, nobody knows what he's going to be as a head coach. You don't know. I mean, I five years ago, when Peterson was hired, I mean, really, you want to talk about scary. It was when Peterson was hired. That was scary because nobody wanted him. He was not the play caller. In, I know he called plays temporarily down there or whatever, but he wasn't the play caller for Kansas City. You know what I mean? Like He was a high school coach in 2013. He's an NFL coach in 2016. And hey, we won a Super Bowl. And he was unbelievable. And he had the players behind him. And you could tell there was a lot of emotional leadership there. And that's what I see with Sirianni. The little I've seen of him, like I've, I've watched YouTube videos on him just to get more familiar with him. Because again, I don't know anything about this guy. I mean, I know Frank Wright calls the plays, which is concerning to me. That is, if you're going to get an offensive guy. And I, but I, I know Frank gave him a glowing recommendation. Remember, Frank Wright became the Colts coach and he didn't call plays here in Philadelphia. So the whole calling plays thing is like, whatever. Now my thing is with Sirianni, I don't need, who says he's going to even call plays here? Maybe he's going to be a head coach. That's what I want. My guess is he's going to call plays though, because Jeffrey Lurie is so obsessed with offense that that was the way he had to sell himself. Now, let's talk about the guy he beat out. And, and this, this is actually very good for the Eagles. This is a good thing. You know, Howie Roseman was the number one or, uh, you know, cheerleader here to bring in Josh McDaniels. Howie Roseman, which makes no sense, you think, right? Because McDaniels is a power player. He, he was going to want power. Howie wanted him. By the way, that should tell you right there. That should... How does Jeffrey Lurie continue to ignore this, like, the, the incompetencies of this moron GM we have? He wanted Josh McDaniels. Jeffrey Lurie didn't want Josh McDaniels. The, the guy with the Boston connection was the one who soured on Josh McDaniels. But that's who Howie wanted. Players wanted Deuce. I know they were texting Jeffrey Lurie, advocating that Deuce Staley become the head coach. 
And from what I heard, Deuce was never going to freaking bend down and, and, and cowtail over to Carson Wentz. And, t- oh, man, that, that makes me happy. That's somebody I wanted right there. That's something that makes me go, you know what? I think I had Deuce fifth on my list. He jumped right up if that's the truth. But, listen, this was something about the Eagles wanting to have an overhaul of the offense. They felt that they needed a new scheme, a new plan. And I know people will say, well, look at Indianapolis ran the ball a lot. Well, that's Frank Reich. Remember, Frank Reich is not, you know, like, I know people say some old school coach. He's not an old school coach. I mean, we all saw Frank Reich here. We saw what he brings to the table. But again, Sirianni, he might have a different scheme. And and again, we're going to get that cleared up by when he starts hiring his co- uh, coordinators. And that should be happening here very shortly. That's the whole point of them getting his job in now is because now he could get to get uh, get a coaching staff together. But this, this, these leaks this week, you know, the articles that came out from McLean and Domowich detailing what's going on with the Eagles. And I, I know that, you know, there was like, what, the, the poster in Howie's office. And again, I saw the poster. It's not a Carson Wentz poster, which would have been disgusting. It's Carson Wentz and Fletcher Cox and, you know, and the team or whatever. It is weird, though. Like, to me, it is weird that you have two players on the on the wall there. Like, at least Fletcher Cox is established and proven. I mean, Carson Wentz. I mean, this team literally cowtailed to Carson Wentz. They wanted him to believe that, like, he was responsible for the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. He wasn't. Spoiler. We won without him. But the point being is, that's what this organization did. They wanted this to be the Carson Wentz show. And here we are, the Carson Wentz show. We got four wins because of the Carson Wentz show. Nick Sirianni comes into a spot where, uh, again, it, it wasn't. Uh, this was not an advantageous spot. It really wasn't. It really wasn't. And, and you know what I mean? Like, you know, reports came out in that Don Witch article that, you know, Peterson was letting players get away with stuff that, you know, we never heard about. Which, yeah, I totally believe that. I totally believe that. Because, again, there's a difference between being a player's coach and being respected by the player. And, again, I don't believe Doug Peterson was disrespected by the players on that team. He was disrespected by one, you know, one guy. And I bet you that's more or less what that article was more about, was about Carson Wentz. Because, like I said, if he's killing plays at the line of scrimmage and we're okay with that and you're okay with that, then we got a serious problem. He literally was sabotaging the offense to try to prove a point. Sirianni comes in here. If I'm Sirianni, the, the last thing I'm telling the guy, I, there's just no way. If you really want, and again, I get it. You're going to say some stuff to get a job. Everybody does that in every walk of life. But I mean, there's just no way he should have ever said to them, hey, I will play Carson Wentz no matter what. And I hope that wasn't part of it. I heard reports that it was a big part of the interview. I've heard reports that say that, you know what, the Eagles asked that question because, again, he's on the salary cap here. I mean, and they're on the hook. But it wasn't the determining factor. It looks more or less that it was the determining factor, which would make me ask you, you know, is this the Philadelphia Eagles or the Philadelphia Wences? But we are where we are. So who's he going to bring in, right? Who are the names that you think, you know, Nick Sirianni could bring in? Well, before we do so, let's go over Nick Sirianni's resume, right? So who is Nick Sirianni? One, he's 39 years old. Uh, and his coaching career started in 2004, and he was the D- uh, DB coach for Mount Union for two seasons. That's where he played college football, Mount Union. Then he became the IUP wide receivers coach from 06 to 09. And then in 2009, he got an NFL job. He was the offensive quality control coach for the Kansas City Chiefs. 
In 2010, he got a promotion to assist, I guess a promotion, I don't know if that even is, but he became the assistant quarterbacks coach. That's what Press Taylor was, by the way, with the Eagles when, uh, you know, we were winning Super Bowls. 2011, he went back to being an offensive quality control coach, so I don't know what that means. Like, if did he get a demotion, or was it a back to a promotion? I have no clue. Regardless, in 2012, he was promoted in Kansas City. He became the wide receivers coach. Then they had their coaching overall. That's when Andy took over. So in 2013, he became the qual- another offensive quality control coach, so for the third time, in you know San Diego, Los Angeles. And then from 2014 to 2015, he was their quarterback's coach. And from 16 to 17, and by the way, the 14 to 15 thing, that's where he has a connection with Frank Reich. So 16 to 17, he became the wide receivers coach. And then, and this is with San Diego, or Los Angeles then in 2017. And then in 2018, he became the offensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. And that was the job he held until 2 o'clock today when he was named the Eagles head coach. That's the resume for Nick Sirianni. So, yeah. I mean, he's been in the NFL for about a decade, which is good. That's what I like to see. I mean, that... Again, he wasn't an offensive coordinator or anything like that in terms of like for 10 years, but he had three years and he was under Frank Reich, who we all know is a great coach. He is. Frank Reich is a great coach. I think that's unanimous in Philadelphia. And I heard Frank Reich gave this guy, you know, glowing review to Philadelphia. It's funny. Again, another ex-Eagles coach helping the Eagles find their new coach. Um, This time it's not from the Andy Reid tree. It's from the Doug Peterson tree. Go figure. But... I'm not, again, anybody who's telling you, like, I saw Jeff McClain, he put a tweet out that somebody said he's a good coach, not going to be a great, like, who the hell knows that? I would have loved to see the things that were reported about Peterson when he was hired, because we won a Super Bowl in his second year. So, don't sell yourself on anything you read on these guys right now, because nobody knows. We're not going to know. I don't know how he's going to be handling, you know, in terms of everything, it seems like from what I've seen with the guy, you know, he, he connects with his players. That's a good thing. That's a, a very important thing for me. Hey, from what Frank Reich said, what his quote was what? He was the Sean McVay of their offense, which whatever. I, it, please, I don't ever want to hear that name anymore, Sean McVay. I'm so tired of hearing that damn name. How about just get me a great coach? I don't give a crap if he's this guy, that guy, or the other guy. I just want a guy who's going to win. It's a big day. The, the coaching search is over. So now all avenues are going towards who he's going to bring in as his coordinators. And you'll hear names like Anthony Lynn. There's your San Diego connection, right? Anthony Lynn was just fired as the Chargers coach. So, you know, if maybe him for offensive coordinator. It could be Deuce Staley for offensive coordinator. But, hey, Deuce wants to call plays if he's going to do it. But you don't know. Maybe Deuce takes this promotion. But my guess is that Sirianni has people already in mind for these spots. I heard like Jim Bob Cooter's name, you know, like you could hear a bunch of names. Jim Bob Cooter had success with the Lions and then was fired. But Matt Stafford was having his best years under this guy. I think more so what you're going to hear is this. I think the defensive coordinator spot is the one where it's a little bit more possible because early indications are pointing towards uh, Jonathan Gannon. And that makes a lot of sense. He's got 13 years coaching experience. Um, he's been with the Colts the last three years, the same as Sirianni. He's coaching their secondary. So that's the name I'm hearing for defensive coordinator. Now, is that a lock? No, for sure. It's not. But Gannon's also believed to be you know, a, a person of interest for, ironically, the Chargers with Brandon Staley. But remember, if you're a defensive coach, 
Are you going to go somewhere where the head coach is a defensive coach? Because remember, you're going to have to adjust to his defense. Or is he going to come here where he can set his defense? It's going to be his setup. Because remember, Sirianni's an offensive coach. Now, again, I'm not saying he's not going to have any input on what they do on defense. But, you know, if you got your your druthers, you're probably going to go, okay, I'm going to have a little bit more leeway on defense under an offensive coach versus a defensive coach. So my guess is if Gannon wants the, uh, to be a defensive coordinator, he's going to pick the Eagles before he picks the Chargers. There's going to be other names. Remember, that they did this and nothing has come out. And again, we'll probably hear some more tomorrow on, on some of these candidates. Um, you know, think about this in-house. We all thought this week we were going to lose Jeff Stoutland. The, the, the report out there that Alabama was going to bring him back in to be the offensive line coach. Well, that didn't happen. Bill O'Brien's their offensive coordinator. He brought in Doug Marone who he's friends with. So it looks like Stoutland's going to be retained here. My guess is that the Eagles are going to want to keep him, and I understand it. I mean, it, there's some continuity there for the offensive line. He did a pretty good job with some guys this year. I'm not always a big fan of Jeff Stoutland in terms of who he plays and stuff like that and some of the input. But again, remember, Sirianni might have different input on this. He is the head coach. Things that Peterson did, Nick Sirianni isn't going to do. That's the whole point. Dave Fitt, by the way, it looks like is going to be uh, retained, my guess is, because the Eagles prevented him from uh, interviewing for the uh, with the new Detroit coach, Dan Campbell, for their job, the special teams job. So my guess would be that Dave Fitt goes through Chip Kelly, goes through Doug Peterson, and stays here with the Philadelphia Eagles. Which, you know, hey, people want to blame him for Jake Elliott. I mean, <laughs> Jake Elliott just stinks. I mean, there's nothing he can do there. I mean, he's not a kicking. Like, I, it, like that's if I'm a golf coach, it's like it's one thing, but it's not. He's a special teams coach. So, I mean, the whole point is to get special teams success. Give the guy a kick returner and a punt returner, and let's see what he can do. Because when he had Darren Sproles, our special teams were great. Yeah, when he has Greg Ward back there returning punts, it doesn't look so good. That's an issue. That's something that the, the GM has to address. So I'm not, like, there's a lot of people negative on Dave Phipp. Not me. Not not at all. But that's the thing. They got the coach hired. And, and I know people are going to be upset that they didn't hire or interview Eric Bieniemy. I don't know what went on. Again, uh, here's the thing. Like, I don't know what's going on in these interviews. I wish I did. If we all did, we'd have a much better understanding of what these people are saying. You know, like, we didn't know about Peter. Like, this stuff got leaked. And again, I don't know if it's true or not. My guess is it is true, but like, in a way to sabotage Peterson. But I mean, we heard who he brought in on offense or wanted to bring in as his coaches on offense, and everybody agreed that, that he'd be fired. And guess what? Here's the thing about Doug Peterson, too. Doug Peterson is not coaching this year, it looks like. Doug Peterson was not interested. Like, there was no real interest in Doug Peterson. That concern you guys? We won a Super Bowl, I get it. But, like, Doug Peterson has not been, like, this hot coaching candidate. It's not like he was fired and he was a head coach somewhere else. and He wasn't, I don't think he was interviewed. The only thing I heard was, like, Seattle might hire him to be the offensive coordinator. So, it is what it is. Head coach is done. The next big thing here is going to be the draft combine and free agency, which the Eagles, I'm sure, won't be active in free agency because they have no money to be. But we'll see what happens there. And the, the big thing is coming up is going to be the draft. But what we'll get this week is hopefully we'll get some idea of who Sirianni is going to bring in on this coaching staff because I do believe the offensive coordinator position is very important here. I really do. 
I get it. It's going to be, you know, his offense. I'm sure of it. But hey, if great coaches take input from their coordinators, from their assistants, that's how you become a great coach. You're not a czar. You know what I mean? You have to be able to, to, to check your ego and, you know, develop players and, and listen to others. And you know what I mean? If you believe in something and it doesn't work, you have to make adjustments. So we'll see. He's 39 years old. You know, he's well-traveled, and he's been in the NFL a decade, and he's seen a lot of different quarterbacks, and he's been through a lot of different schemes. And from what I hear, his scheme is going to be different than what they did in Indianapolis. And that's fine. Remember, he was there to assist Frank Reich. That's what he's going to be bringing in here. People are going to be to assist him. So I know everybody might not be ecstatic about this because, again, you don't know. And I know a lot of people want to do Staley. And again, I don't know. I wasn't in the room. I can't tell you if this was the right choice or the wrong choice. But we're here's the thing, though. It's going to play out. We're going to see this on the field next year. And again, if Carson Wentz is here, I can't really judge this guy because I, I, you can give John Madden, Don Shula, give any of those guys Carson Wentz. And I'm sorry, you're not going to win. He's just that horrible at quarterback. And if he fix, fixes Carson Wentz and Carson Wentz ends up being really good, Man, Nick Sirianni better be put in the hall. If, let me tell you this. If Carson Wentz goes to, is the Eagles quarterback next year, which will suck, but regardless, let's just say he is, and he becomes a top, let's just say, seven quarterback in the NFL, which, by the way, think about that, top seven. Hell, top ten. Sirianni's getting put in the Hall of Fame in my book. That will be one of the greatest freaking coaching jobs of all time. Him, his quarterback's coach, his offensive coordinator, the running back's coach, if it's due, Stoutland, everybody. I want them all in the Hall of Fame because this guy sucks. He's horrible. He's a coach killer. And if Sirianni can make him a top 10 guy again somehow, some way, uh, Hall of Fame. Absolute Hall of Famer. It'll be the greatest hire ever. It'll be the greatest resume thing I ever see. And then I'll just have dreams and envisioning of what, what he gets when he gets somebody who actually has some talent. So I'm not pissed. Like, everybody thought, like, this would be something where, you know, people are pissed off over this. And I'm like, you can't be pissed. You don't know. You just don't know what this is. Remember, when Andy was hired, he wasn't interviewed by anybody. He was a quarterback's coach. He's one of the best coaches in the history of this league. The best coach in the NFL right now. You know, hey, Chip, look what Chip was. I mean, Chip was a head coach. You know what I mean? He had a he had experience, and, and that blew up. And then Peterson wasn't even interviewed by anybody, and look what happened. Won a Super Bowl. From what I see from Sirianni, he looks like a player's coach, but I heard, you know what I mean? Like, he's not afraid to get in people's faces, and that's what you want. So, you know, we'll have his introductory press conference this week. You know, I'm sure we'll hear from him more. He sounds like a pretty smart guy. I mean... It's like, not that like, like people are like, oh man, it sounds like he's smart and, and they think that Deuce wasn't smart. Like, come on guys, Deuce Staley's very smart. He knows football. He knows football like the back of his hand. He's played football his whole life. He was a great football player. And on top of that, he's been coaching now for however many years. That's not what this was. I can assure you that. Trust me. I have everything to say negative about those idiots in charge for the Eagles right now. But I can assure you this, it has nothing to do with that. That they're, that's If they make mistakes, they make mistakes because they're stupid, not because they have agendas. That that I can assure you. At least Jeffrey Lurie. I don't know what how he rose, but I don't want to say anything about him because he, he may have agendas because he's an idiot. So the search is over. We have a new head coach. Let's gear up.
we got a lot of interesting things coming here. We're going to hire a staff, and like I said, hopefully by this time next week we have an idea of who the Eagles offensive staff is, and then at that point we'll have an idea of what schemes they're going to do. So, you know what? It'll be an interesting week still. This is still a very important part of the coaching search. Getting the head coach is great. That's step one, but filling up the staff is very, very crucial to how we're going to win. So, by next Thursday, like I said, hopefully we'll have the staff in place and we'll be able to talk a little bit more about scheme and then we'll start figuring out what do the Eagles do. And by this point, we will have heard from, you know what, Howie Roseman. We've heard probably from, you know, obviously from the head coach, Nick Sirianni. Maybe we'll hear from Jeffrey Lurie. I don't know. There will be a press conference this week, so. It's always interesting. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated. Go Eagles. Go.